Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here, and I am so excited. We are back with another Amazing episode of Amazing Business Radio, and very excited. We're going to have somebody come back today, Martha Brooke. We're going to be talking with her about five-star rating systems and why she thinks they don't work. I'm excited to hear why, because I'm not so sure I'm going to agree with everything she says, which will make this very interesting. Now, before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping, if you will. I want to tell you about our amazing sponsor, and that's Salesforce. Be sure to check out what they're offering at our website, www.amazingbusinessradio.com. Just go to amazingbusinessradio.com and find out what Salesforce has to offer. Now, what we've been doing prior to every interview is I've been answering a question that's come in, and I thought, gosh, we're going to be talking about that five-star rating. What can we talk about today? Well, somebody tweeted in a question a while back, and uh, here it is. I just got my first negative review online, and I'm not sure what to do. Any suggestions? Yes, I have a few suggestions. And first of all, don't be freaked out about getting a negative review because you know what? It may be your fault. It may not be your fault. Some people could be having a bad day. Some people may be reviewing you on something. You're going, well, gosh, that's not what it's all about. Um, I remember doing a speech one day and somebody gave me an okay review. And underneath the question, you know, why? In other words, why? And by the way, that's a great question to ask with any type of a review you know, or any type of a survey question on a scale of one to five, five being great, one being you know, poor. Uh, what, you know, how would you rate us? Why did you give us that rating? Well, why did you rate the speaker? And this is what she said. I didn't like his tie didn't like my tie. So she gave me a point off for having a tie that she didn't like. There's a famous restaurant up in uh, the San Francisco, well, actually in the wine country north of San Francisco. It's called the French Laundry. And this is world famous. So hard to get into. You must call weeks, if not months to get into. And not only that, it's expensive. So expensive. So you can only imagine how high the expectations are when a guest goes into the French Laundry to have a meal. And if it's not good and they have a chance to leave a rating, you think they're going to get a negative rating? Well, this one particular customer or guest left a one rating on a scale of one to five. And you know what? They never, ever went to the restaurant, yet they still gave it a one on a scale of one to five. One being poor, five being excellent. And so upon further, uh, I guess, discovery, the reason this customer or guest gave the restaurant a one, it's because when they called to make a reservation, there was none available and they couldn't eat there. And that frustrated the customer, so they gave the restaurant a one. Now, here's the point. If you get enough reviews, a a negative review, one or two or three of them may or may not make a difference at all, may or may not be noticeable. But what do you do when you do get a negative review? And this is important. I believe, number one, you respond to every review, negative and positive. But for the negative reviews, you respond quickly. 
really quick. If you can do it within a couple hours of that review going up, that's fantastic. But don't wait three and four days to get it done. If it's the worst case the next day, next business day, that's fine. I'll go with that. But you want to respond with the review. And and if you've been listening to my show, you know I have a five-step process on handling any complaints. You acknowledge the complaint. You apologize. You discuss what the resolution is going to be. You take ownership. Even if it's not your fault, you still you know, assume some level of accountability and ownership to taking care of the customer. And number five, you respond with urgency. You respond quickly. And that's why with the negative review, you need to respond quickly. You need to acknowledge it. Boy, that is not the way we typically do business. I would be upset if that happened as well. That's an example of an acknowledgement. I want to apologize for that right up front and just tell you I'm very sorry. Let's go offline and figure out, or let's go, let's go into direct message mode, depending upon where the review is being posted, and let's see if we can work this out. And then you reach out to the customer directly, and maybe you move to a telephone and have a phone conversation. Your goal is to resolve the issue to where the customer is back, not only where the, the issue is resolved, but also maybe they have a further level of confidence about you that you took care of them. And then you go back online And you say, hey, thanks for letting us take care of you. I'm glad we got the problem worked out. And you see what happens. Now, ideally, but it doesn't happen all that often. But when it does, it's perfect. That customer will come back on and say, yes, I'm so glad that you reached out to me. Thank you very much. And then the rest of the world gets to see how you handle that negative complaint. It's very, very powerful. So when you get a review online, that's negative, respond quickly, acknowledge the issue, apologize for the issue. And by the way, you could apologize first, then acknowledge second. I don't care. As long as you do those two things and then say, let's go and fix this. All right. That's the resolution part of it. And uh, again, you're not going to make excuses. You're not going to make blame. You're not going to start a debate online for the rest of the world to see an argument ensue between you and your customer. Remember, you're not trying to win arguments here. You're trying to win customers. So you're, you go to a, a, the direct message or go on the phone, take care of the problem, come back on, Thank them for the opportunity to fix the problem so that the rest of the world can see that it's resolved. And again, in the perfect world, that customer will come back. As far as any other review, a positive review of any kind, by golly, just say thank you or give them the thumbs up. Say, we appreciate your business. Can't wait to have you back. Please tell your friends, whatever, but let them know. And by the way, if it's not a review, if it's a question or a problem in the form of, can you help me with something, that should also be handled quickly. But that's a subject for another day. We're going to be back in just a few minutes and in just a few moments, and we're going to talk with Martha Brook about five-star rating systems and why they don't work. Can't wait for that. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form. And each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more. All about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to always be amazing. 
You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. This is Shep Hyken. I am so excited about our interview today. By the way, I hope you enjoyed my opening monologue. And I meant to tell you, if you would like to have your question answered, all you have to do is go to Twitter. And my handle is at Hyken. And just ask your question and then use the hashtag Ask Shep. So hashtag Ask Shep. And uh, I am making a list of the different questions that people are asking me. I'm answering some of them on this show, some of them on my uh, uh, you know, writings and articles that, that I produce, as well as a lot of people don't know this, but I now have a show on Amazon Prime. It's called Be Amazing or Go Home, and it is an actual business talk show. We've just uh, released the fourth episode. There's at least two more in the can for this season. So that's kind of exciting. Be Amazing or Go Home. It's actually the the same title as one of my books. But just go to Amazon Prime. It's there. All right. Martha Brooke is back in the house. She is the founder of Interaction Metrics. And she is a certified customer experience professional. And she has written a blog that I think is important for all of us to hear about. Why five-star rating systems don't work. And I can't wait to hear why. <laughs> and so, Martha, welcome back to Amazing Business Radio. Hey, thanks, Chef. Um, well, I'm I'm glad you uh, you resonated with the blog. I think uh, we're all hit up with these ratings all the time, and that's certainly one of the prompts for writing this blog, right? Like. When you, I bet you travel a fair amount, right? Chef? I do, yeah, just you a do? little like, bit, like every third day. Okay, of right. My life. So you, <laughs> so you fly, you stay in a hotel, you eat out, and and what happens after all of those events? I always get the survey. You always get the survey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's uh, a couple questions by email, and sometimes it's the. Would you rate, blah, 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 you have one to five stars. And so it's really that ubiquitous quality of we're all getting hit up every day, every moment with these pop-ups, how did we do, how did we do, rate us, that I thought, you know, let's look into this phenomenon. That's part of the prompt for this blog. Um, But the other is that NPR, uh, just a couple weeks ago, on January 8th, um, ran a story. Um, in their morning edition segment about inflated uh, uh, ride-sharing ratings. So ride-sharing ride sharing meaning like, Uber. Like Uber and Lyft and... Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, so so that was another reason. Like they, they, they had uh, were reporting on research by an NYU professor, John Horton, and John Horton had found these rating systems are inflated, which is something that we have found as well. But um, customers are inflating the rating, or are they exactly oh, wow. exactly yeah? So customers are inflating the ratings, and so the NPR story was like, well, why would a customer inflate the rating, right? Like, if you have three stars, why wouldn't you say three stars? If you have five stars, say five stars. You know, say what you mean, right? Um, but what the the analyst behind the NPR story that John Horton uh, was talking about was. Well, people are what their research finds is people are sort of superficially altruistic, right? They we're if nice they feel, people. We're not. We, we're nice people. We exactly, Chef. We want to say nice things. We don't want to punish. Yeah, we almost got into a car wreck. Yeah, the car stunk like crazy. But you know, you don't want to punish somebody. Um, so that's sort of 
the what was the rationale behind these inflated ratings, according to the NPR stories? Well, we're superficially nice people. We're superficially altruistic. Now, it did go a little bit deeper. Real altruism would say, I had one star. I'm giving it one star. You know, it really because that improves the community and it, it, you know, it's good information for the community and improves the driver It helps the company improve. So that's deep altruism, but most of us are just superficially altruistic. Don't punish, just get on with your day. Yeah. Cause um, I, just yesterday yeah. I was in Atlanta and I took an Uber from my meeting out to the airport and I noticed that the guy's ratings were about a 4.7. Okay. By the way, I don't know how it happened. I have like a 4.8 rating. I go, who didn't give me a five? I mean, because not only this, I feel like I'm mad because I tip every driver, even the ones that aren't that good, (laughs) you know, because I know they're working hard for a living. The son of a gun must have given me a four or a three, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I go, what did I do wrong? Right, right. Maybe you made, is it like somebody made a mistake? But once it's in, it's in, Yeah, once it's in, it's in. There's nothing you can do about it. I I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so, but but here's, here's what I experienced. And I gave the driver a five. I could tell this guy was working hard to make ends meet. The car was not the nicest car in the world. But he was the nicest guy. He was so friendly. He went, He was, you know, just a very nice guy. You know, how? and I know that somebody else might have given him a bad rap because there was a rip in his seat. It, 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 I mean, what could you do? You know, the car wasn't the perfect car. But I still gave him a five. Does that make me altruistic? Because if I had to look at the overall rating and count everything, I would have had to have given him a penalty. If I'm working with a client... And I'm going into a hotel to do some type of a program with the hotel to increase the guest satisfaction. Or I'm going into a restaurant or going any type of business. And I'm mystery shopping and I see ripped sofas in the lobby. They're going to get points off. Right. Yep. So. Right. Right. Well, I think there are a few things behind these inflated rates. So you gave the guy. So it was a four point. uh, I gave him a five. You gave him a five. Overall, the community gave him a four point seven. What you real? What did you really feel like it was? Did you really feel like it was a four, which would be that's still like a, yeah, a, I still, a decent I, you know, rating? It, I, I, I what, gave him the five because I liked the guy. He was so nice. I didn't give him right. points off for the condition of his car, which, by the way, right. it was clean. It was just a, a beat up car. Right. 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 So, so here's some deeper reasons why the, those particular rating systems don't work. The first is customers fear repercussions. We're kind of interested as a customer experience analyst company if this might have some kind of, there might be some kind of gender distortion there. Um, but hmm. with repercussions, what I mean is you don't, if you, if you give somebody a bad rating, like say, say you had a really bad experience. They almost got into a car car wreck that happened to me once i didn't give them to me that was one star i didn't give them one star because the guy seemed kind of violent i was like uh just get a a five stars fine you know go um but you know aside from my little he's never gonna know it was you isn't it supposed to be anonymous it's supposed to be anonymous but there's no real proof that they're anonymous and the fact is it's hard to see how it really would be anonymous like if you were the last ride of the day they drop you off at your house Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I I don't see how that... I mean, they know where you live. Mm. So, uh, yeah. They, uh, the people that drive the Uber car. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they know where you live. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, I think there there is a legitimate fear of repercussions. Um, there's also there's like the fear element, like oh god, I don't want this this creepy guy to know I gave him a bad rating. But there's also the I want to continue using the service because mostly the service is good for me and my life, and we get rated just like they get rated. So, you know, there, you just want to like, oh, it was a four, but I'll give him a five. It was a three, but I'll give him a five. Well, how about this? You don't yeah. have to leave a rating. You know, yeah. when the survey comes in in the email from the hotel or the rental car agency or the airline or any, any service that you're using, you don't have to leave or fill out that survey and leave a rating or make a comment. You can just delete you can, but it's actually more work to delete because on most phones, it's coming. You're getting notified, mm. like it comes up again. Like, what do you care? And it's it's usually it's like the message goes away once you give the five stars. Once you give the, it goes away. So sometimes it's just faster to like, eh, here's your five stars. Now I'm not going to be notified again. So you're saying the um, system's a little bit gamed, but but let's let's not assume that it is. Um, are there other rating systems out there that companies are using that you think might be better, or do they fail the same way that Uber uh, seems to be failing, or Lyft, or any of those? Let's not pick on Uber. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, Uber and Lyft do lots of things very well. So this is just about the rating system and whether it can be skewed. Yeah, um, one of the systems that that is really on the rise is the emoji system um there's a company called happy or not yep. the finnish company I'm very familiar okay, with so you, them mm-hmm. yeah okay so that's where you get a smiley neutral or frowny face right so there's um, so people you may have who are listening you may have experienced a happy or not what they call a kiosk it's just uh, imagine that there's a small um it's about the size of an ipad and there's three faces the, the happy face, the neutral, and then there's a frown. And are you happy or not? You just push one of those three, and it's able to, you know, and you, you see that a lot at airports. The rest, I was in you know, Atlanta yesterday. I saw it in the Atlanta airport several times as I was using the men's room. Uh, I sometimes see them as you leave security. So TSA is actually using happy or not. So it's used in a number of different uh, places. You see it in retail stores as well. You see it in medical clinics. Medical clinics, yep. Yeah, yep. So, um, well, they skew in a, a different way. Um, first of all, with only two or three choices, so there's another thumbs up, thumbs down one. Mm-hmm. So they, these, when you only have two or three choices, it's, it tends to skew high because there's so limited choices. So a frowny face, you read as, this is egregiously bad. Like, if you only have a choice of thumbs up or thumbs down or smiling neutral or frowny, like, eh, it tends to be really bad to give a frowny if there are only, you know, these limited choices. But the other thing is, with those kiosk systems, again, the associate, I had one where the associate said, how did I do? And they flipped the tablet Right? Around. Yeah. So the, yeah, exactly. And now, uh, yeah, like, you're, they're staring uh, right. How smiling. do they do? And they're staring at you. So <laughs> right, like what? What kind of? Of course, you're going to give a smile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember on one of them, I said, "Well, I of course, I'm, because I'm Martha." So I, of course, I said, "Well, well, well of course, I'm going to give you a smiley face." And she was like, "Oh no, I can't see it." But you don't. The again, you don't feel necessarily 
like they can't see right, it. Right, right. It, it mean, puts you, you in that awkward like, position. Oh, yeah, aren't they going to just turn the thing around and see how many, like, whether it was a smiley face or not? And if it was a frowny face, aren't they going to delete it? I mean, that's human nature. Um, or if they're milling around, it's like, just easier to smiley face, you know, just smiley face. Well, like, just I'm, get on with I'm it. I'm not sure, and, and this is okay, because I want to debate this point a little bit, because I agree with what you're saying, and, and it makes complete sense. Um, although I know companies are using some of these systems with, uh, you know, with great experience and great success. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this. And then I would like to talk to you more about what your suggestions are to get honest feedback from your customers. So we are talking with Martha Brook, who is just giving us some great insight into rating systems. And I can't wait to hear more about what she has to say. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So, if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Martha Brook. And here's my question about ratings. I, I believe that when it comes to, let's just use the five-star ratings with Uber or Lyft or or another you know, transportation company. I can understand your point. I get it. But when there's enough of these ratings, there's got to be a way for the company to realize there you should discount 20% or whatever. You know, And I always tell my clients, hey, if, if you guys are going to give me a, a 1 to 5 rating you know, and, and have everybody fill out a survey or, or a 1 to 10, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the top 5%. I just want you to throw them out. I want you to take the bottom 5%, throw them out. And here's why. There are people that will love anything anybody says up there. They're so excited to be in the room. And there are people that are just having a bad day. Let's just assume we get the top 5% and the worst 5% out of the way, and that 90% is probably more realistic. And it might be more like 80%, but they kind of like that idea. And I almost feel like we might want to do this as well. But I will say that when Uber gets a negative rating, because I know people that have, have, have given people a one or a two, they get contacted by Uber to find out what happened. And many times they give them a refund or at least give them a credit toward the next ride and apologize, which I kind of like that, uh, that they do that type of follow-up. Right, right. Well, first of all, I like your uh, throughout the top and bottom 5%. I think that can, um, that can lead to more realistic ratings. And that's what we should all want, right? We should want those ratings to vary carefully match what the actual experience is and that's what 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 the what this is all about right is really how did you perceive us and so so your technique i think goes some of the way um another technique um would be being really clear about what five stars means so with Uber and Lyft, not everyone's going to mean the same thing by 
by five stars. There's going to be huge variation. Um, for you know, so if they had like a little pop up or somewhere it said, give five stars when because this is what we mean by five stars, so that it it, it normalizes the ratings. It's the car was clean. You felt like it was efficient and you got where you needed to go in a timely fashion or something, right. you know, whatever yeah, it three is. Three or four but, criteria for the five star. Yeah, yeah, so that everybody's absolutely clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have that variation among populations. Yep. Um, another uh, thing would be to, uh, or trick or tip or whatever you want to call it, recommendation would be to hold off on the rating sometimes because. Sometimes customers don't know what they don't know. So you might think, oh, I had a good ride. It was a little long, but I think it was fine. And then the, the next time you're doing that ride, you're like, wait a minute, there were three shortcuts the guy could have taken. Like, well, this was, it was unnecessarily long, but you didn't know that at the time. Maybe you were new to the city or whatever. This recently happened to me with um, our hosting domain company. We called about something, but while we were on the phone, they were like, oh, you need this firewall. Okay, I mean, it was this. We already have one, but it was like the supersonic firewall, we'll call it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds fine. It, it's going to protect me against more malware and make our site faster. Well, okay, as a layperson, I'm, that, that sounds great. So I spent a few hundred dollars, great, off the phone, blah, blah, blah. A few days later, our developer is like, what is going on with your site? I can't get into it. I can't do anything. I can't see what I'm doing. And then it was like back on the phone. Oh, now I get the service associate who, who knows about developing, mm. and he's like, I'm a developer. You can't have a firewall if you're actively working in your site because you can't see what you're doing. I'm like, And, and you gave that first person a five-star five rating for being I friendly sure and supposedly knowledgeable. Right. Yeah and, yeah. and then later, I'm like, oh, my God, that was the worst service I ever had because yep. now we have to re- undo the whole thing and wait for the cash to clear or whatever it was. And meanwhile, I've spent all this money with our developer, and all it needed was a gating question. Are you, and this isn't an abnormal thing, are you, is your site under development? Mm-hmm. If yes, no firewall recommendation. Right, right. So, <laughs> right? so th- th- it's again, c- customer. so that would be wait. You know, wait two days, then see what, if this, it, you know. All right, so now I'm going to argue that point. Yeah. There, are many, okay. there are many surveys that you shouldn't wait for. And I think that, that your experience is a terrible experience. And I think the company, if they do right, should take care of you, should handle the uh, expense that you went through, should give you a credit to get you to continue to use them. Maybe that doesn't have to be anything big, but show some goodwill and inform you that you have just taught us something really important that now goes into the process. When anybody is talking about a firewall, this is another question we have to ask. And you do that, right. you're going to feel really good then about it, and you're going to feel like you are part of something bigger than the mistake that was made. Now, what companies are actually willing to do that? I think there are, are some great companies that will. That's when the manager gets on and, and realizes a mistake was made. Let's save this customer. So, but I love what you're saying, um, and, and, I can, and I can identify with it. And in some cases, actually, for the most part, I would agree with everything you're saying. Because when I first, <laughs> first read this blog, I'm going, I'm not so sure I agree that all – I don't think you can blanketly say five-star ratings don't work. But I will say that if you wait two days for your survey in, in many products and services – 
you are going to have a far less number received. And, a lower response rate, yeah. absolutely. And, I, it really depends, you know. It, I mean, that's what it. I hate to sound like the consultant or the analyst, but it is. It depends, you know. It, it you might like some experiences warrant. Hey, it's worth it to ask them at the time, and then it's worth it to ask them a couple days later. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shep, your point about those companies that get back to you when things were a foul or a miss, those are the amazing companies. Right. Those are the companies we should all aspire to work with and be, but not, there are fewer amazing companies than one would like. I think every company could be amazing, but certainly not every company is. And they think they're trying to be amazing, but they don't know, you know, when somebody says, I want to be as good as that company, and I say to them, are you really prepared to do what's necessary to do that. Well, what does that mean? Is it going to be expensive? I said, it's not going to be all that much more expensive than what you're spending now. But your people, you're going to have to get them to buy in. That's your biggest challenge. And uh, the little homework assignments, the little bit of extra work they might need to do at the end of each interaction they have with a customer as they wrap up, uh, if it's it's, uh, in a support center, as they wrap up their case, you know, the notes that they make, the follow-up, you know, for somebody to say, I don't have time to send an email thanking the customer because I'm told I have to get on to the next call. Well, you know what? Maybe, and I realize time is money, but if you're really into this and a follow-up is a piece of the puzzle that's really important, I'll give you an example. I just worked with a great bank, Incredible Bank. How's, how's that for a name? Not just a name, but it's like a brand promise, Right. And one of the things is whenever a new account comes in, they get a handwritten thank you note. Every account. At least that's what's supposed to happen. Can you imagine? I'll bet when they first started that, there was pushback. We don't have time to do that. we got to get on to the next customer. You don't understand. We need to keep the customers we have. We need to build the relationships. We need to create that confidence right off the bat that they made the right decision to do business with us. So if that means taking 15 minutes out of your day to write a half a dozen notes of the pe- to the people that you talk to and open accounts with, it's worth it to us to do that. Right, 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 right. So, well, but it all starts with having really authentic conversations with customers, really finding out what they mean, what they feel, what they expect, what they perceive, right, and getting honest information from them. Yep. So, Martha, we're getting toward the end here. Give me an idea of where we can find out more about you and read this entire blog. Actually, if you know, if you uh, send me the the website or the link, I will make sure it goes into the show notes. But share with us how to reach you anyway. Yeah. Okay. So for sure, on our website, Interaction Metrics, you can go to Insights, and then at the bottom of the Insights page, there's a list of all of our customer feedback articles and the. Recent ones have been about how to get honest customer feedback. Yeah, I love it. So, so interac- interactionmetrics.com. Absolutely. Interaction, like we're having an interaction, metrics like the number. Got it. Interactionmetrics.com. And before we go, I have the one thing question. Here it is. One thing you want to make sure our audience hears before we get off, or is it something you want to reiterate, uh, something new? It doesn't matter. What would that one thing be? I would say be real. Ask real questions. Ask mm-hmm. things like, who is our competitor? What did they do well? If you can improve us in one way, what, what would that be? Those are good questions. Those are real questions. They're open-ended. 
either open-ended, yep. um, and, and uh, then I get one more tip then, because open-ended, you, you brought that up, open-ended <laughs> is really where the gold lies. Mm. Um, but don't rely on your text analytics or just reading through them. Use, honest to God, social science coding so you can see emergent themes within your open-ended replies, because there is so much information in those open-ends, and it speaks to something we were talking about earlier, you don't know what you don't know, a survey limitation is you can only design to what you think matters. It's in the open ends that you can find out things that you didn't know could matter to customers. You didn't wow. know that you didn't know. So, um, so yeah, keep it real. Ask, and, and really strive for getting real information, finding out that honest feedback. And, and as you said, Shep, doing something with it. Wow. Well, this is great insights from you. Thank you so much for being back on our show. Absolutely. And let me say to your listeners, they can certainly link me in and that way they could ask questions about sample sizes or examples of good survey or interview questions to ask anything about the customer listening process. I'm always happy to answer questions via LinkedIn. So that, that would be a great, great resource for them. All right. Well, thank you, Martha. That's Martha Brook. The founder of Interaction Metrics, you go to interactionmetrics.com or just look her up on LinkedIn, Martha Brook, B-R-O-O-K-E. There's an In e Portland, on the end. Oregon. In yeah. Portland, Oregon. Beautiful Portland, Oregon. And uh, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't forget our sponsor, Salesforce. You want to find out more about what they're offering, just go to our amazingbusinessradio.com website. Click on the link, and they are offering up something this week. I'm sure it's going to be great. And uh, we're going to have another great interview next week. So make sure you come back. Listen often, share these with your friends and neighbors. Be sure to rate us, give us a review. And if it's anything less than a five-star, you know we're going to follow up with you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Chef Hyken on Amazing Business Radio, reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.